to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Charlotte. I'm Chad. Chad, as a conversation prompt the other day, I asked you two questions. Mm-hmm. One was which book of the Bible, of the New Testament. New Testament. We'll start there. Which book of the New Testament, I framed it as, did you want to get rid of? And I wasn't. <laughs> but more, you know... You didn't want to, wouldn't want to deal with. There's something problematic. Yeah. You'd rather kind of ignore or let's Out say push. Let's say push to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, which book of the New Testament would you insist that people read? Mm-hmm. They like number one priority. Yeah. What'd you come up with? Well, the one that I. I don't like for a number of reasons is the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Actually, I love the book. I, you know, I use the uh, Book of Common Worship Daily Prayer. Uh-huh. And right now we're going through Revelation. It's an awesome book. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of... But number one, it's hard to make heads or tails of. Mm-hmm. But what bothers me most about it is that people will get obsess over eschatology and time stuff right and completely neglect the christian life as if the whole thing is you know am i a pre-millennial a millennial pan-millennial you know right and that it drives me nuts yeah i really don't like it so out of all the books of the new testament i find revelation most prob- problematic partly because of the content although I, I i read it i love the book in a way I just don't like the way people obsess over that book and end times, eschatology, that kind of stuff. Mm. So that was my choice. I don't know. See, I'm almost, I'm tempted to put Revelation as my choice of the thing that everyone should read. Yeah. Because for almost the same reasons. Okay. Because of the neglect of the actual material there mm-hmm. and this like horror show book that ends up, you know, um, being fodder for scary movies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, the eschatology stuff, like it didn't seem to matter how many times Jesus was like, don't, you <laughs> won't know. And don't worry about that. And don't calculate. And Even yet, he doesn't know. Yeah. And then there's like, here's a bunch of exact dates that I got <laughs> by translating these letters into 12 other languages and then into numbers, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole, you know, the, I'm glad you're drinking a Red Bull energy drink and not a monster energy drink because that apparently has direct ties to Revelation, to Revelation. right? Um, but I think Red on its own, mm-hmm. even, you know, when I first picked it up in like junior high school or something, and I thought I was going to get all the horror show stuff, like... Tell me about the end of the world and demons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what does it start with? Dear church yes. across the street. <laughs> I wanted to tell you. And I was like, this is so boring. But that material, I think, is super useful mm-hmm. to Christians. The letters to the churches? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's doing great? Who's not? And you're, why? You you're know, lukewarm. I'm going to yeah. spit you out of my mouth. And then the whole... You know, idea of, you know, apocalypse being this revealing, this unveiling Mm -hmm. of what's going on in our current circumstances. And I think there's a way 
Gosh, I think every generation thinks like we're the generation that Revelation is the best for or something. But the pandemic and Mm post-pandemic upheaval around it, um, that the way in which it describes a broken society, one in which people aren't dying by supernatural needs, means they're dying from famine. And they're dying of pestilence. Mm -hmm. And they're dying from lack of care and from being poor in a broken economic system. Mm -hmm. And the fact that... Which is all in there. Yeah, that they can't win. You know, and we're looking for these horsemen of the apocalypse or something. And it's like, no, that's human society. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and something's got to give. But it ultimately being this testament to hope because god works it out and love wins and the most beautiful vision of this the heavenly city descending this return to the garden you know um yeah i just i think there's so much comfort and hope there so i push so is that is that your pick for what everybody should read uh, well, I don't want to say that because I know because of my work preaching and teaching in churches, I know those people haven't read the Gospels. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd rather they picked up any one of the four of them <laughs> and read them. But I really think you know, Revelation is so much more accessible mm-hmm. in some ways. It has all this stigma around it. Mm-hmm. I know you're making this face. I think if you just read what's on the page and work through it, mm-hmm. I think there's it's a really useful and interesting, insightful depiction of humanity mm. at our worst and God at God's best. Okay. But Either that or... Any gospel, just please pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Please pick one. Well, I'll tell you, you did answer this question in our, you know, our little chat thread. So I was, I didn't want to pick the same gospel that you were Mm going to pick. Um, So part of me is like, just read Mark because you can sit down in an afternoon and just do it. Um, And then... I really am into Luke right now because of just parable after parable about economic disparity and the wealthy. And um, I wish Jeff Bezos would read it. I mean, every summer, every Sunday this summer, it was... Oh my gosh, there was a rich man, (laughs) you know, and that's never the hero of the story, you know. Um, And I think, I think seeing those, reading through and seeing those back to back to back to back like that, Mm -hmm. just how much Jesus had to say about that. How much teaching was about the plight of workers versus landowners, you know, I mean, um, hospitality, the fact that you can just walk by people who aren't doing well and literally trip over them on the way into... And never help them. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much useful there, but the fact that, I mean, it is just parable after parable, teaching after teaching on those issues. And 
maybe that helps solidify all the things that Jesus didn't seem to have anything to say about oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that are at the you know right on the tip of a lot of people's tongues yeah. when the they think about wars. yeah Christianity yeah. Mm-hmm. when it was um, so much seems to be you know, trying to lift people out of poverty oppressive economic systems um, debt um, but liberating them from oppressive systems um, mm-hmm. in the Gospel of Luke. But your your choice... So my favorite, if I would want somebody to read anything, it would be the Gospel of John and First John. Okay. Kind of together. <clears throat> Mostly because all the great love passages are in those. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I give you the new commandment, love one another as I love you. Um, you got all these great passages in First John, you know. Um, if you say you love God but don't love one another, you don't know God. So all the great love passages, I think, are particularly in those two books. And then the Gospel of John just has so many layers of me. It's just a rich text. From you know, As an adult, the first time I read John, and to this day, it's just when I read it, it just comes alive. I just love that Gospel. So that's my pick for the New Testament. What about the Old Testament? What's, your, uh, what's one you could do with that, or more than one? In the Old in, Testament. Oh, I didn't get to tell you what I thought was trash in the New Testament. Oh, you didn't. Can I guess? Yeah. James. No. No. It's just I'm gonna do all three pastoral epistles. Oh, as wait. Said. That's Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. No, those aren't pastoral. No, those are prison the epistles. One, two, Timothy, and oh, Titus. Okay. Yeah. Because you got a lot of problematic passages. In yeah, there. it's like. Just clobber passages. Yeah. But also, they it's one side of a... They're all one side of a conversation, all oh, the epistles. Yeah. Um, but those of extremely specific situations that we're trying to suss out what may have been happening uh, in these situations with very little to go on, you yeah. know, and that's where we get... Women can't teach and preach, you know, and whatnot. And and a lot of confusion or where our debates begin on church hierarchy, you know, around... The whole bishop thing. mm -hmm, Yeah. yeah. And I I just think there's there's more not useful than useful in there. Interesting. Or at least maybe I can take take away something that's been weaponized. Yeah. For sure. I can see that. That somehow those, those you know, a couple of verses in those very small epistles mm-hmm. have seemed to outweigh the portrayal of women in the Gospels, you know. Yeah. Um, just, just wild. But, yeah, yeah those, those are my picks for okay. um, something I might be able to do without. Um, my... Ch- my pick for something we I think might be able to do without in the Old Testament would be for similar reasons, and that would be Leviticus. Okay. I don't, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I can hear people going, she doesn't take the law seriously or something, <laughs> or she's just going to get rid of passages she doesn't like. Yeah. And guess what? That's what this conversation's <laughs> about, first of all. Um, but again, it's something that, uh, 
the tradition or the tradition we're in right now has picked and chooses just a couple of things to hurt other people with. Which is a misuse of that text. So, I mean, that's not Leviticus's fault, basically. I mean, it's a text ultimately about how God wants to live with us and the fact that God desperately wants to live with us yeah. and to be with us and is kind of <clears throat> prescribing a way in which that could be possible. Um, but if it's only a text that gets whipped up to beat on gay people and things like that, then I'm, and not shrimp eaters. I was going to say, and but not, not people who eat clams. Yeah, and not people <laughs> who have, you know, mixed fibers in their clothing. <laughs> That's true. Um, then, you know, yeah. it's a whole book of the Bible, and we only use a couple of verses out of them, and not for love. Yeah, so, and that's in there too. Love of neighbors and that. Yeah, there. sure. I think, and I think the the best parts are more used. I mean, if we already have that material in Deuteronomy, Exodus. Yeah. And then, um, I can I could live without Leviticus. Yeah. Although I'm aware I'm in the the actual Torah, the first five books, and try to throw uh, one no. of those away. But no. I think I think we've got the good parts elsewhere, and we yeah. could maybe. Be without it. What about one people should read? I'm really torn there. I've picked like a gazillion things. Top three. Oh, I mean. Top two. The obvious thing is you should read Genesis. I mean, <laughs> obvious to me. Let me. That's not because. Fair. Because a, a couple things. I think if you actually read Genesis, I think it is really difficult to dispute the fact that Genesis 1 through 11 is poetry, is mythology, right. is, I agree. is an origin story. Sure. Love getting a class together and in my terrible Hebrew, whatever, but reading Genesis 1 in it and they hear that it's it's rhythmic it's a song you know yeah. and is not a scientific description yeah of when the they hear it in hebrew created. they hear the poetry right? yeah right right and some some of the best translations try to capture that but yeah. i think that distinction between poetry and history and i think it's so imperative to understand maybe i'll just even limit almost in some ways genesis to saying the primordial history or something, but this idea of understanding where we came from, what God's intention was slash is mm-hmm. for creation and for humanity as a way of understanding our trajectory toward salvation and God's yeah. God's intentions for this world and how we are participating in that. Yeah, it informs the rest of the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that garden story is imprinted over and over and over again in all of the gardens in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You cannot escape it. So I I think knowing it and rereading it and rereading it and just um, letting that become part of you is imperative. And the way and reading the text for what the text is rather than... Milton in Paradise Lost and all these other mm. uh, tellings of it. 
Yeah, it's so important. Very nice. What about you? Well, here's what I would like to do with that. Okay. First and Second Chronicles. Oh, sure. What a bore. Do we need another First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings? No. No, we don't. No. Do we need those books with a pro-monarchial bend? <laughs> no, we don't. No. So, I don't think we would be missing much if the Chronicles were taken out. Um, I'm torn on what I would want people to read. Job. Mm. But I like Job in contrast to Proverbs. Yeah. Because Proverbs is like, if you do X, Y is going to happen. Right. So, you know, do this and everything's going to be good. And Job is like, Job did all the right things and it went horribly for him. Right. And there's a lot of tension there that I think it's good to see that, mm. you know. Um, but, so, but, so Job, but the other one is the Psalms. Just... And here I'm thinking more in terms of some psalms, in terms of spiritual practice. Praying the psalms has been so good for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my two. But some psalms, because some <laughs> psalms are horrible. <laughs> I know. I love when you're reading one and it's like, it's like God is the best and God's going to do the best for you. And also murder all the Moabites. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh man, we were doing so cool. And then those last couple of verses, because I'll look at it the lectionary too, and I'm like, this psalm is only like 23 verses. Why does it only want me to read 1 through 20? Oh, that's oh, why. You yeah. know, I'm not reading it anyway, because it's a whole poem. Uh -huh. But it, it does like take those turns sometimes. But I like your I like your suggestion of reading... Um, well, the whole Bible in conversation with itself, but yeah. but some of these, you know, how much diversity of thought is in it? You know, when you're talking about Job and Proverbs, Proverbs you know, Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. is another voice that, you know, jumps in there too. And, way out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, and I kind of, in my little notes on thinking about that too, was just, I was trying to cheat because uh -huh. that's my nature. But I was trying to cheat and and do like the five scrolls, which would be um, Ruth, Esther, Song of Songs, Lamentations, and Ecclesiastes. Oh. So tiny little books, but each with. Yeah, a different. Yeah, kind of story. And I would, oh gosh, I've mentioned it before, but like when you're on like those Reddit boards on Christianity, it's yeah. like the whole darn thing is like. Am I going to hell for masturbating? Oh, I know. Am I going to hell for looking up porn? Am I going to hell? And it's all of the sexual hangups that are born like from the fourth century uh -huh. and come in here. Well, you know what? Read the Song of Songs oh, yeah. and then come back to me. Yeah. You know, and all of this language around, you know, is premarital sex. Well, I don't know. We have this random, it's not random because it's no. in the Bible, but we have this extended love poetry is yeah, saucy it is saucy um in the middle of the bible so what how you deal with it yeah. you know um what are we going to deal with how are we going to deal with that ruth and it never mentions god song of song and esther yeah i don't i didn't know that about song of solomon it doesn't mention god i don't think so okay esther for sure right yeah for sure Oh, I might go back and edit this. But, um, 
It's certainly Sorry. not. No, no, no. It's certainly not um, a main character. The right. front of no, the discussion. The it's yeah. two lovers. It's been interpreted. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's how we end up with Christ in it yeah. and whatnot, which is really kind of prob- wildly problematic, I think. And then the other little book I was thinking about, like if you, if the challenge is more like if you if you can only pick up maybe one thing mm-hmm. and look at I still I think I'm still gonna be like Genesis one through eleven or something, but yeah. for like a whole book, like you have an hour, you have to read something. I think I'd point to Jonah. Jonah. Because if you want to talk like rich, multivalent story, mm-hmm. I think there's just so much there to make a meal out of. And I'm so fascinated by how the earliest Christians interpreted that. Yeah. Were just everything about Christ's um, death and resurrection, yeah. Jonah and the whale. And that being that being like the first real symbol of Christianity. That's what you see, or not the, but I mean, that, it's the Jonah story you see on the frescoes in the catacombs. Uh, doesn't Jesus use that as well, Jonah? Yeah. yeah. That's when their allegorical interpretation was really hitting on something. Oh, it was hitting good. <laughs> it just hit different back then. Yeah. It was busting, busting for real. That's true, yeah. How about the most forgettable Old Testament book? I just read it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you did? What would that be? Haggai. Oh. I mean, that's basically Nehemiah and it's... Yeah. Yeah, we did a... I did a Sunday school um, series on the minor prophets. And yeah, it does get super repetitive Mm. where you're like, oh, here we are again with the same... Yeah. situation. Go back and build the wall. Although I guess in the other on the other remark, yeah, here we are again in the same situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you you could probably do without a couple of those. Yeah. But I I still think we don't we don't need first and second chronicles and No. Samuel and Kings. Favorite prophet. I don't know. Amos. Is that Amos? too easy? No, that's a good one. Um Maybe that's true. Poor Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jeremiah. Yeah. That's a good one, too. It is. I like all the... <laughs> There's one thing that makes me giggle when I think of Jeremiah is the number of times that it's... He says, like, and then the Lord God showed me a bowl of fruit. And the Lord God said, what is that? And I said, it's a bowl of fruit. <laughs> And that pattern just gets established over and over. Yeah. Where I'm like, can y'all get past this or what? <laughs> can we just start with this is a bowl of fruit? <laughs> it just it kind of tickles me. Yeah, that's funny. But no, there's lots in there to sink your teeth in, to, yeah. to meditate on. Yeah. What book would you like to see included? The Shepherd of Hermas. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one I like? It's not the Didache. It's the it's a. Uh, it oh, the epistle. so-called letter to Diognetus. Yeah, or at least that one section where it says. Yeah. We're citizens. We're. I can't remember, but it's a great passage. Yeah. We should post it so the listeners know yeah, what we're no, talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, there's lots of early 
really early Christian literature that I think is good. Let's let's as a let's we call it a secondary canon, but yeah. the people ought to be exploring. Deuterocanonical. Yeah, there. You, thank you, thank you for <laughs> translating that um, into fancy talk. Into but fancy yeah, talk. But yeah, um, I mean to understand. Well, how did how did the first generations yeah. understand these things? And they didn't quit writing just no. because. Yeah. No, nobody told them to. No. We have so much writing. I, I don't know. I, I just wish more Christians were familiar with other writings from early Christianity than just the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I put you know, um, Ignatius of Antioch's letters mm -hmm. in there, Clement. I mean, you just start to see a continuum that way, too. Yeah. You know? And, oh gosh, I would love for people to actually, you know, read the martyr accounts. Yeah. Um, Those are fascinating. Yeah, because and the center of them are, is that the really exquisite confessions of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. But, and maybe it's good, gosh, in this country now, whatever, to see what actual martyrdom and impression was in about, you yeah. know. Yeah, you're not being persecuted just because we don't pray in school. No. 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 Or because you were a, a, a poopy head on the internet and your account got suspended. <laughs> That's, That's not persecution. No. That's the consequences of your actions. <laughs> yeah. When they tie you to a, tie you to a stake and light you on fire to light up the arena, now yeah. you're being persecuted. Yeah, that's not good. No. That's probably not the best note to end it on. No. <laughs> Something else. I've never regretted reading or learning more about the Bible. Mm. And it does sadden me that, I mean, I encounter in my work all the time people who are cradle Christians or whatever who really don't know the yeah. Bible. They know some of the stories, yeah. but not the Bible. And I just think it's so re it can be so rewarding, um, particularly you know the way that the different passages or books uh -huh. can be in conversation with each other. And I think that if you do that, even if you can't read the whole thing, which it's not that long. So many people manage to read, I don't know how many volumes of Harry Potter without any problem <laughs> and seem to know that canon extraordinarily well. But our books, no. Yeah. But um, I don't think you, you come out of that with a whole bunch of the Bible is clear on statements. No. Unless we're talking about, you know, great concepts about love and, and happiness and health and things like this but prescriptive stuff yeah you just and the thing is you can never get to the bottom of it no it's not like you're gonna learn it oh i know it now every time i return to a passage i, I see something new I know. every time even working through the same three-year lectionary something will come up sometimes that i go what i don't this happened? I don't remember this. Or even in the midst of the story. Like, I'm sorry, Jesus said what? Yeah. Like, hold up, you know? 
um, because it's so much and it's so rich and maybe the last time I preached it I focused on you know some other aspect of the text but there's just so much there for you to um, live with and grow into and to be a conversation partner with you your whole life long yeah